This is Paths to Product, a show about current product managers and how they transitioned into the role. I'm Pallavi Hakeriker, and on the show today, I interview Andy Zhang and learn how he went from studying software engineering in college to becoming a product manager at Uber through their rotational PM program. Today, we're joined by Andy Zhang, who's a product manager at Uber. Thanks so much for joining us today, Andy. Yeah, thanks for having me. Let's get right into it. Could you tell me a little bit about yourself and your background before you started as a full-time PM? Yeah, so uh, originally I'm from Montreal. I went to school in Waterloo where I studied software engineering. Um, as I joined uh, Waterloo, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I thought software engineering was a good starting point. Um, I did several software engineering internships, but I always felt like as though it was very fun, but is this something I want to do full-time? And I think this is a question that a lot of people also had on their minds. Um, and I took the liberty of trying out as many different internships as possible, given that at Waterloo, we were fortunate enough to have six co-ops, which is incredible. Um, so after dabbling here and there and figuring out like, oh, like uh, what is software engineering? Like what is front end versus back end? And then what about like design? What is that like? Um, so I did also did one internship in uh, product design. And then I was like, oh, this is super cool too. Like what's product management like? And so after dabbling in all sorts of different things, I realized that um, I felt like product management was the best uh, match for me. I thought that um, thinking about the problems and finding solutions, thinking about the users, thinking about all the user needs were things that all fascinated me a lot. Uh, and I really liked the idea of like wearing a lot of different hats and like working closely with so many different functions. And so uh, here I am now at Uber as an APM um, or previously an MP uh, APM now uh, product manager, which is uh, super, super fun and exciting. It's been a really fun year and a half. That's awesome. What was the turning point when you decided you wanted to transition into product management? So I remember this distinct, this distinct moment in my first internship where I was like, yo, I want to be a PM because it seems super cool. You get to boss everyone around. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I just want to be that. Because like I had a PM on my team. And I thought he was really cool. And he was also from Waterloo. Uh, and I was like, wow, like, he seems super cool. I want to be like him. Uh, and he seemed like he was always busy on his laptop. And then I was like, oh, crap, like, that's awesome. Um, and then obviously those are the wrong reasons, but I still ended up pursuing just like software engineering at the time. I kind of forgot about those aspirations for a long while. Um, I do remember I was trying to convince my recruiter if I can, if he could open up a PM internship for me. Um, that didn't go anywhere, but at least I tried. Um, Takeaway from there is like, it's worth a try, you know, you never know. Um, but then eventually I realized that like what PM was about, it's like, you're not really a manager, I guess, even though the title has a manager, but rather like you're basically just focusing on the product. Like if your product's kind of like your, your, your child and you're trying to like make it the best, um, make it really, really good, make it solve the user's needs. And so then I realized like, oh, okay, I had this warped idea of what a PM really was. Um, and then, I realized that like, okay, like it's super cool and all, but like when you think back on the fact that that guy was on his laptop, it's kind of depressing that he was on his laptop like nine hours a day joining different Zoom meetings and everything. And so uh, I, think, I think what I learned from all of that is like, like it's a cool job and all, like, like directing where the product goes, but it's also a really demanding job where you have to context switch so much uh, like, if, has anyone ever tried to do homework, but getting bugged, like, every 
five minutes about this completely different thing and you, you realize you just can't do your homework anymore and so that's essentially just like a life of a pm it's like you need to be available to your entire team and to ensure that the team's success and so that also just sacrifices a lot of your focus time um you just end up being in meetings all day was there anything that surprised you about being a pm that one thing i didn't realize is like how dependent people are on you and as much as it sucks to always like have to handle everything it's also really empowering and motivating to see that people are depending on you because you actually feel very important um, you actually want to do a really, really great job. Yeah, that makes sense. As you mentioned, you did APM, and that's one of the more common or well-known paths to becoming a product manager out of college. For those who might not know, could you explain a little mm. bit about the APM program and how it works? Yeah, so the APM program, it stands for Associate Product Manager Program. Um, it's also known as a Rotational Product Manager Program. Um, it's this program that um, several tech companies um, started having since 2004, I believe the genesis of it was Marissa Mayer, who was, um, I think she was a product manager at Google or engineer, I forgot, um, but she started off this program Google with the intent to train what she called, uh, I think it was um, product gods or something like that. People who are like gods of product. And I, I didn't know what that really meant at the time, um, but a lot of companies started adopting it because they realized that the program was really successful. A lot of the people from the first class uh, ended up becoming uh, really senior folks in product manager or um, just really successful in their career um, because of um, the way the program is structured. And so um, at Uber, it's a one and a half year program where um, a group of 10, 10 new grads join and they do six month rotations. Um, through three in total and then after that you graduate and you either stay in your, your last rotation or you hop on to a different team and so each of those three rotations uh, are different um you get to try off like something completely new each time it's similar to like an internship but just like in three different teams across the company um and then throughout the apm program there's also a boot camp kind of getting you exposure to a lot of different leaders at the company um there's also an apm trip which is uh, common across most APM programs, if not all. And it's essentially a way for, um, for you to get a good sense of um, who are the users that you're building for, um, what are the, all the local needs, what are the different uh, cultural differences across different regions. Um, because as a product manager, you can't do your job if you don't understand the user. Um, and using tech, you're building global solutions, not just local solutions. And so it's important to get exposure to um, the global audience. And so um, yeah, the rotations and the, the APM trip are two really important aspects to the APM program. Uh, and then obviously there's community, which is super cool, uh, but happy to get into that later. Um, yeah. That sounds really great. Can you tell us a little bit about the rotations you went through or the trip that you experienced? Yeah, so... For my three rotations, my first rotation was on Uber Movement, and that's essentially the team that works uh, for cities. Um, we built a data platform to provide data to cities to help inform uh, decisions around urban planning. So for example, um, if there's an intersection and we notice there's a lot of car accidents and we notice that like maybe it's because they're using a, a stop sign there or maybe the way that the, the route, the, the intersection was designed was not right. But then we look at data from a different intersection and we notice that there's very low accidents then um, we would want to provide that data to these cities so that they can actually make informed decisions um, as opposed to trying to manually collect all of the data. 
Um, and we're lucky enough that we have all this data because of like um, all of the drivers driving around the city, obviously anonymous, not like uh, providing, not disclosing all that information. Um, and then for my second rotation, I worked on marketplace and driver pricing. And so essentially the problem that I was focused on is like, how can we serve the marketplace? How can we ensure that it's very healthy? Um, and specifically for my role, it's around um, when you think about a mark, like the, the marketplace within a city, um, some hours are more valuable than others. So for example, you don't want to have an oversupply of drivers when there's very little demand. And you also don't want to have no supplies when there's a ton of demand. And so how can you get drivers to start driving at the right time and places? So you don't want to have all your drivers in like South Bay and have all the demand in San Francisco, for example. Um, and so the problem I was trying to tackle is like, how do we activate them in the right place at the right time every week? Um, and so I was working on a product called uh, Consecutive Trips, which is more of a promotion, I would say, which was if you drove three trips in a row um, without canceling or going offline, et cetera, um, then we give you a bonus payout. So sometimes it's $10, sometimes it's $5, depending on um, where we want to allocate you. Um, and then for my third rotation, I joined a team called um, Uber for Business. And specifically, I'm currently working on Eats for Business. So this is currently my, uh, my permanent team after I finish my third rotation. And the problem that we're trying to solve is um, how can we enable corporate food delivery? How can, we, um, how can we enable companies to provide meals to their employees? Um, how can we ensure that employees are ordering foods that are in the, the policy that the companies have? How are we preventing like uh, employees from gaming? And how can we, how can we enable employees to do more with food? So for example, like you're trying to have the, you're trying to have a conversation with a doctor, but they have no time for you. And you're like, Hey, I'll buy you a lunch for 30 minutes of your time. How can we enable those kinds of use cases? Uh, and so that's the problem that, uh, my team and I have been obsessing about for the last several months. Uh, it's been an awesome journey. And then for the APM trip, um, super, super fun, by the way. Honestly, I uh, wish everyone had this opportunity. And I, th I think it was like, honestly, one of the best two weeks of, two weeks of my life. Um, basically, we flew to LA, Mexico City, Amsterdam, and Cairo. Uh, three to four days each. Honestly, just by saying that, I'm just like, wow, this is like, that was so fun. Um, and and each of those places is like super, super different, right? Some of them are very first world. Others are just like, what the hell is going on? Like the streets feel like Mario Kart where there's no concept of a lane. Everyone's just driving everywhere. Um, we got into a car accident in Egypt because it's just like wild there. Um, but it was really, really awesome to get a sense of like how, um, how cities moved in each of those cities, how cities got their, f excuse me, how cities got their food, um, what was the culture like? Um, and just getting a sense of like, talking to different people, getting a sense of like what the ops are thinking about ops as in like the um, operations folks there who work um, on the ground. What are they thinking? What do they think are the local problems there? What about their whole region? Um, and so it was super, super fun experience, both bonding with the APM class, as well as getting a sense of what are all the local problems. That's awesome. So it sounds like in your rotations, you got to tackle a wide range of problems and then really get a great global perspective. It sounds like an incredible experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's super cool because of the very, very broad exposure to all the different things from like serving many, many different user groups to experiencing many, many different things. Nice. And I think you said you stayed at that last rotation and now you're in the delivery space. 
Yeah. How has that been in terms of the whole COVID-19 situation? I'd imagine that has impacted orders, but has that affected your work at all? Um, so I work in the B2B space specifically. So we're trying to serve companies. And so, um, yes, food is doing fairly well, but businesses are not doing well. So it's a bit of a mixed bag right now. Um, and so I wouldn't say it's like um, a pure slope, but rather you kind of see it more as like this sporadic curve that goes like up and down, up and down, because um, there's some businesses that are trying to say cut costs, but other businesses are trying to raise morale with food. And so um, it's, it's very inconsistent, I would say. So I can't say it's good. I can't say it's bad, but I can say that we're pretty hopeful. That's really interesting. Stepping back from the team to the role, I'd love to hear your top three favorite things about being a PM at Uber. Cool. So the first thing that I really like about being a PM at Uber is, um, maybe this is not specific to Uber specifically, um, but I'm not sure if I can do this in other places, but for me, it's the ability to wear many different hats. Um, I work with so many different functions. And so it's, it's incredible. Like one day I'm kind of getting deep into the technical details uh, talking about like the technical systems, understanding the technical limitations with the engineer. The next day I'm trying to jam with the um, with uh, designers on figuring out what's the right design. Next day I'm trying to talk to legal and understanding like how can we find different ways to launch this product in a specific region where there's like um, there's a lot of regulatory concerns. And so um, it really it's really cool to kind of bind all of these uh, into one role and trying to solve this uh, problem holistically. And so I think that's like super, super exciting. I think it's really empowering. I think that um, it really enables uh, a lot of growth and exposure to many different areas. And I think that like having a lot of exposures gives me a better sense of like what I would wanna do uh, both now and in the future. Um, the second thing I really like about Uber is the problem that Uber is trying to solve. Um, it's really, really awesome to be working on a problem that's both in the physical and digital space. And that's very, very rare, I would say. At least back then, now we see many companies trying to tackle that. Um, and so when you think back in like 2009 or 2008, when Uber all started, it was pretty magical that you can just tap on a button and suddenly a car would arrive in front of you. And that magical experience is something that um, Uber tries to constantly recreate with many of its uh, other products and something that our team is also trying to create. So I uh, really, really like working in that intersection. And then the last thing is just working with really, really smart people. Um, I think everyone that I've worked with here is they're just like outstanding at their jobs and they're like really, really strong. Um, and it doesn't surprise me that like many folks who leave Uber go on to do a ton of like amazing things. So for example, like um, I don't know any specific examples off the top of my head, but I know that many folks who leave Uber start like other marketplace startups and many of them end up being uh, really successful because so many of us um, were at the um, brains of like one of the best marketplace companies out there. Um, so I think those are the three things. And I think there's a ton more. I can, the list goes on, but those are the three highlights that I had in mind. Yeah, that's awesome. I think you mentioned you had an internship experience in product management as well. How does your experience at Uber compare to your previous experience? So the main difference that I experienced between um, Uber and my PM internship at Microsoft is that um, several things. Number one is I felt like as if I was working specifically in my own team, as opposed to with like many different functions. Whereas at Uber, it wouldn't, every week I have at least one or two meetings with people who are outside of my team, if not like most of my meetings every week. Because basically, I'm trying to bridge what I'm doing with my team with all of the different other partners. Like, 
Um, I think it's a waste of time for my engineer to try to like navigate and try to talk to the PM on the money team who's in Amsterdam, but instead I can just like reach out to them and get them what they need. Um, number two is the processes. Um, I feel like at Microsoft, I, I don't think I remember the process around how we did things, but just didn't feel like super, super structured. Um, and also because it's, it's such a big company, so it's really hard to consolidate processes. And I'm not saying that Uber, we do it better, but I think that there is, there are steering committees that are trying to consolidate processes and make things better. Um, so that's really cool to see. And then the third thing is um, what I spend my time thinking about. Uh, when I was at Microsoft on my team, I spent a lot of my time thinking about like, how do I get things done? How do I drive this project? Whereas at Uber, and I think this is something that comes along more with time. Like as you become more experienced, you think about different things. Um, during my time at Uber, a lot of it has been spent thinking about um, what should we be building, why, um, and how can we get this built, and what was the impact of this, and then how do we drive, continue driving the roadmap, how do we get an inch closer to our, our, our North Star. So the problems that I'm trying to solve on a day-to-day -day basis or at a tactical level are very different, I would say. Yeah, that makes sense. Being an early in career PM myself, I definitely think that is something that comes with the experience and tenure of working as a product manager for a longer period of time. I think that's when you get to spend more time thinking about the vision or the strategy and the big picture of how your product fits into the market. Exactly. So it sounds like you've had a ton of great PM experience, and I want to transition a little bit to talking about preparing to transition into product management. I'd love to hear if you had any advice or if you could talk about how you prepared for interviews back when you were in college and were interviewing for full-time PM roles. So I have a general interview philosophy and then there's also like the aspect of how to interview for PM. Um, for my interview philosophy, I feel like the hardest part about any interview is the stress behind it. Um, you're, when I interview before it was just like oh crap they don't want me but then I realized like the whole reason why I'm in this interview in the first place is because they see the potential in me and they just want to make sure that I don't suck um, and so it was more of just like thinking of like as opposed to thinking I'm really bad and then trying to prove myself I started thinking like hey I'm good and I'm just trying to like show that I am actually good in person and like give them a taste of that and so um, basically the way that I felt the way that I changed my mentality for interviews and then I suddenly started seeing a lot of success was by um, telling myself like, hey, like this person is not your interviewer. This person's actually just your coworker. Like just act like this is an audition or something. Like you're trying to act for like um, this movie or something like that. And you're just trying to act through this whole thing. Um, treat them as like they are your coworker. You guys are both trying to solve this problem together. Don't feel like it's all on you. A lot of it is actually heavily on the collaboration process because the smartest people aren't um, are great, but uh, what makes a 10x like engineer or 10x PM is someone who can communicate really well and bring the best out of everybody. And so um, I felt like the moment I started collaborating a lot more on my, in my interviews, um, I saw a lot more success. Um, I saw um, a lot less stress and anxiety. Um, and I also just felt like it was, it felt a lot more positive. Um, so that's my philosophy when I approach interviews. And then in terms of preparation, um, I feel like no one can escape that, but you just got to practice like crazy. Um, and so specifically for a full time, um, I 
did two things. One is just a ton of mock interviews with friends. I would just bug all my friends who are in PM who've done plenty of interviews. They've, they've, they've been through it all. They know all the mis- typical rookie mistakes. And I'm just like, hey, please just give me a mock interview. Uh, thank you so much. And yada, yada, yada. Um, and then number two is going through cracking the PM interview. Um, I, I really like going through the book and I didn't finish the whole thing, but um, I went through the important bits and I felt like it was really valuable to get a sense of like how they approached it. And obviously just because I knew what like the book inside out, it did not mean that I was a great PM, but just at least meant that I can, um, I had potential maybe, or like um, I thought like a PM, but I wasn't a good PM yet. And so uh, with a combination of those two, uh, it was, I got enough prep to eventually land a job at Uber APM. Um, on top of that, one thing I'll add is like mock interviews are great, but it's like trying to do your practice exam at home versus doing a practice exam at, at school. Like there's something at stake when you're doing it like a real final exam as opposed to doing the practice, practice exam at home. And so for me, it's like, okay, just spray and pray and try to like interview as many different places as possible. Even if you're not going to go there, just at least act like you want to go there or something like that. Uh, and so I felt like by, by trying to do as many interviews as possible, I got a lot of practice. And so when it really came down to like the roles I really, really wanted, um, I would still fuck up sometimes and it'd be a bummer, but then, um, I felt a lot more confident because I went through it so many times and I'll be like, okay, I've been through this before. I know how this goes. Um, and then eventually I felt like it's a numbers game, right? After, if you have a 5% chance of getting a job, then just do it 20 times and you get it. <laughs> yeah, that's a great way of looking at it. And I think you brought up a great point earlier about communication and conversation in your interview. I think that's a big thing I've realized too, both in my full-time and internship PM interviews. A lot of it is just having a conversation with your interviewer. They're just trying to gauge how you problem solve or if you ask the right questions or for the right data. And I think it's supposed to be a lot more of a conversation and less like them sitting on the other side of the table trying to catch you make a mistake. Exactly. It's actually pretty stressful to be an interviewer as, interviewer as well. And so the more you can make it easy for their lives, the better the interview will be. Yeah. And you mentioned one book, Cracking the PM Interview. And the other thing I wanted to ask was if you had any other content recommendations like books or podcasts or articles that you think really helped you prepare for those interviews. Um, so full disclosure, I'm not much of a reader, so I'll read the bare minimum. But what I did like to do was just like be a lot more practical and hands-on and just build a lot of stuff. And so for me, that was my practice. It's just like spending a lot of time thinking about products and thinking about like, oh, what's the best solution? What are the problems I would want to solve? Yeah, and I think you touched a lot on it with the last question, but if you had to give advice to current college students that are aspiring PMs, what would your top pieces of advice be? I think it depends on who the audience is. So if the audience is uh, someone technical and who can build stuff, then just build a lot of stuff. Um, if it's, so for example, like that would apply to like my, my, my past self, which is like uh, a software engineer. Um, if you're a software engineer, like just like build a lot of stuff, get your hands dirty. Don't just purely read. Um, because just because you read a manual on how to build a house doesn't mean that you know how to build a house. You got to actually get your hands dirty and do it for folks who are non-technical. Um, there's, I don't think I have good advice there because I've haven't been through that. And so I can't really 
walk someone through the steps on how to get a PM job. I think it's just like work, work with people who are technical or like build something or like do case studies or thinking about different problems or like at least, or like learn to be technical. Um, Cause I think that in this, in this day and age, it's really hard to be a PM if you're not technical. Makes sense. And the last question I had for you today was, if you could go back in time and tell yourself one thing when you were making that transition from college to what ended up being an APM program for you, what would you tell yourself? Okay, that's a good question. Definitely enjoy your summer. <laughs> I think the two things that are, or the three things that are underrated skills and are just the most important things and will help anyone a ton, not even just in PM, but just like in everything. Um, number one, learn how to storytell. Learn how to tell a really, really good story. Um, learn how to like, um, learn how to, what's the right word? Uh, pull your audiences into the story and really convince them, influence them. Cause that's a lot about what, uh, what PM is about, right? Like you got all these stakeholders, they want to do Y, you want to do X. You're trying to get them to do X. You tell them a story then they're like, all right, I'll do X. Um, obviously that's like the ideal world, but in, in the real world, you have to go through a lot more things. Um, number two, it's, uh, learn how to ask really good questions. Uh, I felt like some of the smartest people I knew weren't the people who just talked the most or like knew the most stuff. It's just the people who knew how to ask the really, really good questions. And, um, I really, really respected that. And I wish that, um, uh, I spent more time thinking about like, what are good questions to ask in multiple scenarios? Um, but number three is just like write more, learn how to like structure your thoughts, learn how to write good emails uh, or like just good documents. Cause um, at the end of the day, like you can be an individual contributor and you can do great work. But when you think, when you start thinking about how to scale yourself and start like not being an additive member to the team where you're just like that 10th member, but how can you make the previous nine members do 10 times more than they're currently doing? Um, and I think that like, obviously communication is a really important piece of that. Um, but writing is also equally as important. So how can you write more succinctly, more clear, um, uh, more thorough, more comprehensive, et cetera? How can you make sure you thought through everything um, but also you don't want to make it super convoluted such that no one understands. How do you understand your audience when you're writing? Uh, so all those different pieces. I think those are the three main advice, pieces of advice I would give to my past self. Yeah, I think those are all super valuable. And I think the storytelling and communication aspect I'm realizing as a PM are just so important and something that maybe I didn't get to work on too much as an engineering major. Oh, definitely not. I just like buried myself in like my room all alone and just coded all day and so when i got to this job i was like oh crap i need to like try to convince people about things and stuff like that and i had no experience doing it so it's like it's a learning process but it's super super important definitely well thank you so much for taking the time to join us today andy i really appreciate you sharing all your advice and experiences with us mm -hmm. yeah this is super super fun thank you for having me thanks for joining us on this path to product from college to uber apm if you are looking to pivot to product management and want to suggest a transition to cover, or have transitioned into product management yourself and want to be featured, reach out to us at pathstoproduct.com. See you next week.